There have been 173 mass shootings and 89 school shootings in the United States so far this year. With each tragedy comes more hysteria and more of an outcry from our community for better safety measures for our children. Today, we turn to the recent tragedy in Nashville, Tennessee, where three children and three teachers were shot at the Covenant School. The trauma of this for me is like, is like thinking of those kids in that moment, like screaming for their mothers. You know what I mean? Like wanting their mothers. Like I just, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. Today on The Balanced Voice, we welcome our very own Safe School Institute Director, Jenna Fondren, to discuss the importance of ongoing school safety conversations in Texas and across the nation, and how we can keep fighting for the safety of our children every day. This is The Balanced Voice. One of Jenna's childhood friends was actually the nanny for Evelyn, I mean, who was shot. So, um, and then, you know, Jenna has little kids and we, we all have kids. So it was like, she was like, this shooting was just the worst. So we had a really good conversation with Jenna Fondren, who's the director of our Safe School Institute mm-hmm. and talking, you know, in the wake of the Nashville shooting. And there just have been so many shootings, it feels like on school campuses this year so far. Yeah. Um, and... You know, we as a board member, too, you're helping us really expand the reach of the Safe School Institute. We're in Harris County. We're across the state of Texas. We actually we actually train people across the country and mm-hmm. into Europe, across Canada. But we were saying that traditionally, in order to get the program in the Safe School, the Safe School program in a school, we have to, like, reach out to a parent or the health coach, the, the, coach PTA. the PTA president or to the get to the principal, principal or yes. the counselor. Yeah, it's like we had to find our way organically to a principal or a counselor to try to get in and maybe do a presentation for one classroom. Yes. Or maybe if we got really lucky, a general assembly. They don't really do those. They don't really do those anymore. But we would, so this program would be so successful that they'd come back and say, okay, now do all of fourth grade, all of seventh grade, all of 12th grade, all of eighth grade. And that's how we got so booked. But your question as a board member is why aren't districts, now that there's like this push to do human trafficking education, child abuse education and more. Dating violence. All the, and, and I think, and that's why we supported SB9 yes. at, and, so, in Texas. And so that, SB9 is. so SB9 is, is a bill that has the, that mandates that the public schools do training for, what is it? Dating violence, sexual, sexual exploitation, yes. human trafficking, grooming, grooming mm-hmm. online, being yep. online on the internet. And so, because before we would have to like, just beg, beg in any way to get into a school. Now there's this bill that mandates it. So how, why are we, we want to see more school districts come to us. We have a huge content or curriculum mm-hmm. that- Which you were surprised by. I was surprised by and I'm a board member. I know. And so, but it's because I've heard, I've seen a couple of them, but didn't realize we had this this really huge landscape that we've created great content for that literally we can package and hand to the districts- For free. For free and help them do the training. Mm-hmm. And what we think we've learned in, in our Texas schools is that train the trainer is not always gonna work. It so th- work. it's gotta be yeah. a combination of online training, mm-hmm. in-person presentations, maybe virtual training. And so I think that's that's what I feel is so important is that the district now and the superintendent, superintendents and deputy superintendents, let's partner. We just came out of the Nashville school shooting where three Little kids have been killed and three staff members. Yeah. And you just made a discovery that someone in your life was, was close to one of the... Correct. Um, 
you know, um, I'm sitting at the dinner table last night, just catch, catching up on Instagram and looking at people's stories. And this person who is a friend of mine who I've known probably for 20 years, uh, we went to college together. Uh, she had posted that when she, after college, when she moved to Tennessee, she actually babysat Evelyn, one of the victims in the school shooting for, for a while. And um, hearing and just at least seeing what she had posted and how she felt she felt like she couldn't even find words she had re rewritten words deleted words to talk about the pain and the one thing that i had just mentioned to her right in that moment when i saw that on instagram and i sent a message back was i can't imagine how you are feeling because i am so heartbroken yeah. and i am sitting so in removed. anger yeah. and devastation i don't even know yeah, them that's what I, I mean. yeah i so don't even physically know them. far from this and don't know them um, you know, Renya, I, I've worked for Crime Stoppers for almost six years, six years in June. And it's funny, I've actually had people in my life say, you know, are you numb to this at this point? Like, you've, you work for a safety organization, you oversee a safe school program. Every time you hear about another school shooting, is it just kind of, oh, here's another one. Yeah. And I actually, my response is the complete opposite. It actually gets harder and harder and harder. And I don't know if that's because... I've had the privilege of sitting in so many rooms with school-based law enforcement mm -hmm. and working with, with the TEA and the Texas School Safety Center and seeing how much work and preparation does go into school safety and this is still happening, or if it's because I've become a mom yeah. in the last six years. I don't know why it's getting harder, but... I think it's, it's a combination of all of it, though. It's been... It, this one has, like, for some reason made me more emotional than the last. Well, it's... I mean, as any parent, I yeah. think... And we've obviously been talking about this and people in the community have been talking about it. It's like we know that sending our kids to school is the safest place they can be. Mm -hmm. And statistically, it is. Mm -hmm. But we also know that school shootings are on the rise. And um, I think in 2022, we've seen more than we've seen in, in recent years, even pre-COVID. And then there's that fear of like, it's so random. And what if it is my child's school? The fear of that, you know, whether it's your child being physically in a room, down walking down a hallway, coming face to face mm -hmm. with a shooter, or just hearing the gunshots in their school, the mm -hmm. screaming, the environment, it's traumatizing to even think of and to know that there's no way to really know if you're next. I um, haven't actually spoken this week with a couple different groups of parents and just moms. And a lot of moms have been telling me, I kind of operate under this premise or this idea of like, this is not going to happen to me. Like, I can't live every single day thinking this could happen to my child. This could happen to my community. This could happen to my family. So I just drop my kids off at school thinking I'm going to pick them up at the end of the day. Yeah. And I completely understand where that parent is coming from because living in fear yeah. is is no way to live. Right. But I and will always validate that that feeling. But one thing I'm always encouraging parents to do is ask questions. Well, it's it's interesting because I get on a plane all the time and I talk about this a lot. I never assume the plane's going to go down. Right. But I also, like, don't do this right. when they do, like, the safety instruction. You know, I refuse to listen or, yeah. or tap into that. So I think we have to strike a balance of we're not going to be paranoid. We're going to assume our kids are safe. The schools are doing all they can. And let's talk about what the schools are doing. 
Um, but we do have to know and be educated and have an idea of what's going on and, and what could be better, what we do and if, if something were to happen. So th- that is a balance, right? There is. There has to be a balance of not living in fear, but wanting to be as proactive and educated and informed as you possibly can on what your school is doing on a day-to-day basis. So Jenna, talk to us about the Safe School Institute. Yeah. You know, big picture, tell us, you know, you're the director, you run the Safe School Institute. Let's talk about the program and then let's dive into what you guys do in terms of active shooter. So Safe School Program, I think the easiest way to talk about it is that we've had a presence in schools in Houston for almost 26 years yeah. now. Um, in the 90s and early 2000s, we were solely focused on the importance of anonymous reporting and um, kids utilizing their voices, how powerful student voices are, and the fact that they really can be the change to keep their campus safe. Now, when, when school trends and school safety shifted a little bit, we added in all of our preventative education programming. So now we go into schools and talk about anything ranging from social media to mental health, to bullying prevention, substance use, human trafficking, teen dating, and so forth. Yeah. So it's really this wonderful um this wonderful program that encompasses two critical components to school safety, anonymous reporting mm-hmm. and preventative education. We have curriculum for students pre-K through the 12th grade. We train educators. We train school-based law enforcement. In tandem with the Safe Community Institute, we educate parents Mm -hmm. of school-age children. And we're just trying to have the hard conversations that often people don't want to have, but it's not rooted in scare tactics. It's rooted in truth and awareness and prevention. And behind the scenes, you're working with the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children, David's Legacy Foundation, the Mental Health Foundation of West Michigan, Region for Educational Services, the TEA, um, and, you know, a a bunch of other ISDs. So the safe school programs in the school, boots on the ground. We've been in the school since 1997, as Jenna said, middle schools and high schools offering really the tip line, understanding that kids are the first line of intelligence and they know what's going on. Um, That did expand. Now we're in kindergarten through 12th grade. We're not talking to kindergartners about the tip line. No. But the value of being the eyes and ears of your classroom Absolutely. and what does that look like? Um, so I, what I love about the, the Institute is, is it's, it has its fingerprint in the schools, but then it's also, you guys are working very much behind the scenes and sort of the health and wellness, the back end structure of school safety. Absolutely. Um, and, and I thank you for mentioning all of our amazing partners. I think it would be remiss to not say how many amazing safe school partners we have across Texas that, keep this program afloat that that provide us with research mm-hmm. information. Um, we sit on so many different coalitions and work groups so that the team and I are as up to date on every school safety trend we possibly can be before going into a school and, and trying to take those 45 minutes that we have with kids and make the best of it. Um, but we really are um, it sounds cheesy, but we're, we're changing lives and we're saving lives through these presentations. Um, being able to talk about something that kids want to talk about, right. they just haven't had the chance to yet. And to kind of destigmatize a lot of these conversations surrounding social media and mental health and bullying and just say, here, here's the facts and here's the information that will ultimately help you make more sound and informed decisions for not only yourself, but for your peers. And the reality is the program has removed over 280 weapons from Houston area schools before, mm-hmm. before, before. 
before, before, before they could ever be used against another student. So right. if the entire program resulted in removing one weapon as a parent, <laughs> it's a like <laughs> amazing. But 280 since we've been active in the schools, and here's why. There are solutions right now. And what's so hard about the cycle of these school shootings, one, obviously the shootings themselves are beyond the trauma that any of us can and can unpack. But then we enter this immediate cycle of politics, point, finger pointing, blaming, hysteria on social media, and then everybody, two weeks, and then everybody goes away and they don't think about it again. Mm -hmm. And that cycle to me is very, very exhausting. What I think Crime Stoppers Safe School Institute has been good at doing is sort of focusing on what do we do today? I can't wait for the legislative session. I can't wait for the next protest. I can't wait for the next this. What can be done immediately today to ensure the safety of our kids? And this, the Institute has done that successfully. So you look at even the tips that came in last month, what month? February. So for us, it would have been February. Um, mental health, mm -hmm. terroristic threats, drugs on campus. It's all encompassing. It provides an avenue immediately right now for, for teachers, students, school-based law enforcement to actually get help. So you're growing. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about the expansion of the program. Yeah. Um, and Rennie, you're correct. The Safe School Institute, we're offering operating 24-7, 365. Mm -hmm. We don't just come into the scene when tragedy occurs. We are fighting this fight every single day. And that's another, I, I've had parents and people say like, how do you continue to do it? And I said, because we're part of the solution yes. every single day. We that, have, Jenna. well, we have active programs that. that are working and I get to wake up in the morning and this might be a selfish point of view, but I get to wake up in the morning and through this tragedy and through the pain, get to say, Okay, I'm part of the fight. Yeah. I am part of the fight. My organization has been part of the fight since 1997, and we're going to continue to be part of the fight all the time. These conversations never, ever end for us, even when it's seemingly rainbows and butterflies and every kid is uh, is safe. But yes, we are expanding. Um, the need for this curriculum is becoming more and more evident um, every single year. And Crime Stoppers of Houston is really the only organ crime only Crime Stoppers organization that operates the way that we do. So we have expanded. We are now um, growing a full-blown statewide team, yes. which I'm incredibly proud of. We have um, we have team members, excuse me, in Austin, in the DFW area, in San Antonio, and of course in Houston. And we're now able to really meet this reach mm -hmm. and meet this demand and travel and come to your school, come to your campus. I've already spoken with um, people, you know, um, all over Texas. I'm scheduled in August to go to Laredo. I'm scheduled in August to go up into the panhandle. I am um, to do some um, professional development for school districts before the school year starts. And I'm just excited to see this curriculum grow. And it's always free. Correct. And it's offered in person or there's uh, digital assets that can be mm -hmm. sent to a school Absolutely. or school community. We have virtual trainings and virtual presentation options available not it doesn't work out with everyone's schedule all the time to have us in person of course we would love to come in person if it works out but we can always go live virtually with your classroom with an entire grade level an entire district we also have pre-recorded sessions available as well so this is what i love about the program and it, it's constantly adapting to the real-time needs of the community we grew we started the path to grow actually 
before the shooting at Santa Fe, we mm-hmm. were already working uh, with the CJD to grow the footprint of the Safe School Institute. Um, so we were well in that conversation when the shooting in Santa Fe happened and the state came back and said, it's just such a shame that Crime Stoppers of Houston's Safe School program is limited to Houston and Harris mm-hmm. County. You need to expand. And we were we were already talking about it. So it's part of why we quickly um, picked up and started expanding the program. So there's two things happening at once. You know, we're doing what we can proactively in the schools to meet the needs of the kids and the student, the students and the teachers and the school-based law enforcement. But at uh, sort of next to us in parallel to us, the state is doing what it can with mandates and legislation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Senate Bill 9, we recently passed. Uh, what, how are you, how does the Safe School Institute respond to those things and meet the needs of those things? Yeah, so it is tricky when new legislation is passed and it affects school safety because Crime Stoppers of Houston Safe School Institute, we always need to make sure we're meeting the requirements of the new legislation. Um, luckily for us, when Senate Bill 9 passed and I read through it, I said, this is going to be a non-issue for us. We already have all these systems built into place. Basically, Senate Bill 9 requires students to receive education on dating violence, family violence, human trafficking, child abuse, at least once in middle school and then again in high school. Um, So one time over the three years of middle school and one time over the four years of high school. Correct. And then um, the only kind of... uh, newer additions that's always kind of been written into the texas education code but the new additions in this bill is that the district has to approve the curriculum individual campuses can't just invite an organization like crime stoppers of houston to come to you know smith campus to provide it Um, the district has to approve the curriculum and parents are now given the option to opt their child into receiving this education or opting their child out. But that's what's confusing to me because I thought the human trafficking education, the child abuse, that was a mandate that we filled for years. Mm -hmm. I don't remember an opt out option. That this is the first time I've ever seen it. Yeah, so I wonder why. Yeah, I I wonder why too. I don't know. I think... um, I think maybe the school districts are trying to have more transparency with parents on what type of education, outside education, their child is receiving. Gosh, and I sure. could tell you, like, for parents who opt out, that's like a whole other conversation, mm-hmm. especially in the human trafficking education, child abuse, any of these, because, you know, the this type of education doesn't set your child up. I feel like there's some people that feel like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this because then it becomes my reality. And that's not true. If you talk about it and you understand it, you inherently build walls to protect yourself and your family. Well, and you're setting your child up for success. God forbid that they run into any of these issues. I think, you know, keeping your kids in this bubble of nothing bad can ever happen is, is not effective. And it's, um, it's not necessarily safe. Um, so when the Senate bill passed, really what Crime Stoppers had to do was reach out to the districts to remind them that we already provide education on every single topic listed in the bill. Um, if you need us to send over curriculum ahead of time, if we whatever approval process you need us to go through, we are on board. So we're currently doing that with um, a handful of school districts right now. Um, working with them on previewing curriculum, speaking with the parents, working with um, any sort of school safety staff that directly interfaces with the students to make sure they are aware of our messaging. And it's going really well because they've already had us in their yeah. campuses. Yes. What, what, where, we, where I find su- success in this is that 
all these districts that I work with in Houston have already had Crime Stoppers to their campus, whether it was last year or six years ago, yes. to talk to their kids about one of these subjects. They, We are a vetted um, organization. They've seen us. They see the difference that we make. We just now kind of have to go through a little bit of extra mm-hmm. red tape to offer some of this curriculum. And we're hoping that this gets shared with a lot of district leaders because um, we have a solution in place that meets the needs of this legislation. Thank you to our sponsor, Fliplock, for making this episode possible. Fliplock is a door lock unlike any other lock that was created as a nationwide, straightforward solution to protect your people, whether that be in universities, dorms, daycares, hospitals, or even government buildings. It can be added to nearly any door to keep you and yours safe. We are proud to have such a strong and like-minded sponsor of the Balance Voice podcast. Check out Flipblock at flipblock.com. That's F-L-I-P-L-O-K.com. So, so Jenna, are you finding, what is the, what does it look like? Like, is it private schools, public schools, charter schools? How, who, who Mostly is- public school districts okay. um, that are reaching out to us as it relates to this particular Senate bill. And actually, one piece of feedback that I've heard um, that was really nice and it wasn't something I was necessarily expecting. One district I had a big Zoom call with, they're asking all the details of how do we get you scheduled? Yeah. You know, what does this look like? How many presenters do you have? What topics can you cover? So we were going through the A to Z. The one thing that the a particular district really liked was that we are not train the trainer. Yes, um, that's that, a big deal. Yeah, that we are actually offering and facilitating this curriculum ourselves. Yes. I said, listen, you're a really big school district. This one district I was working with, you're a really big school district. Um, I can't be on your one of your campuses every single day right. or else that's my entire year. Yes. Um, I said, so let's find some creative solutions here. If you want in-person presenters for middle school students, let's do that. When it comes to high school students, since this is, this is the second time they'll be learning this mm-hmm. curriculum, I can pre-record a video that is applicable for all ages. Yes. It can be emailed out to the district, password protected, and then it can be shown to the students on your convenience. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we meet these requirements? How can we make this as easy as we possibly can for not only your district, but for Crime Stoppers? And so I think some school districts, from the, the feedback I've heard, is a lot of the, the other wonderful, amazing organizations that also offer this curriculum, they haven't really been able to meet Mm-hmm. in the middle necessarily mm-hmm. and we just we have so many different avenues in which we can facilitate it so we're just trying to meet the needs i think a lot of people what sets us apart is the fact that we're not necessarily like we will we will one-stop shop come in give you what you need mm-hmm. and uh, make sure that your kids have everything for right. a list of topics you can go to crime-stoppers.org um, under resources under programming you look at safe school institute and you'll see everything there so Jenny, you've been in the schools now, as you said, for six years. Um, like, can we just stop for a minute and talk about the life, the current life of our school age kids? I mean, I, I have three girls, and I what it killed me, killed me that over the weekend. No, it wasn't over the weekend. It was this week actually. I heard my youngest ask my middle daughter. She didn't know I was listening. She goes, "So, so Emma, what?" what would you do? Like, what's your plan if somebody comes in school and starts shooting? She said, I don't know. Do we listen to the teacher? Do we not listen to the teacher? Why would we sit there like sitting ducks? And 
she go, and Emma goes, no, what you need to do is you just grab everything you can and just shield yourself. The hope the books will block the bullets. Like I wanted to, I'm like, I was like, who wants to be homeschooled immediately? <laughs> I don't have the ability to homeschool you, but I, it's so hard to hear. And, and then you listen to the continued conversation of like, everybody's on right now everybody's on be real and then who took their and nobody got the views they wanted and the likes and then what about this and so and so likes that person but then they didn't and the overwhelming pressure of star tests or academic tests or now you have to think about college when you're a freshman you have to have your resume built fentanyl laced pills like i can go on and on and on like kids saying like don't even take a tic tac from someone and i'm like they probably heard that from me but i'm like like don't take anything from anybody yeah. what it's like what what are we it's so hard i think um i think this generation is severely misunderstood um by a lot of adults um i over let me just say that um there it doesn't happen often but every once in a while i'll go into a school to facilitate a parent presentation i'm working with a group of parents or i'm working with a group of educators and there's always someone in the mix that says something like this generation of kids are just so sensitive. Mm. Um, and I just hear them complain all the time or their, their you know, mental health crisis. Mm. And they say it with such stigmatizing mm. language and kind of this... Like belittling? Over, yeah, this overarching feeling of like eye roll. Like these kids are just, you know, too much. And I will look at these adults with the most respect I can possibly say and... Um, just mentioned to them, I would not want to trade place no. with a child growing up today in the school system for anything. anything. Um, the way that these kids are growing up is 100% completely different than yes. how I grew up, how you grew up, how you grew up. Yes. And I think it's incredibly unfair for any adult to place a judgment mm. on a child if they have not had any sort of shared experience. Mm -hmm. And there is such a divide right now. Like the, a lot of adults today do not have a shared experience yeah. with this new generation at all. They right. don't have social media to talk about as a shared experience. They don't have school shootings frequency to share the fentanyl, the yeah. concern about you know, hypersexualization hyper of kids is totally different now. It's just so different. And my my heart and my empathy and is just with this generation. I think they're battling a lot. And so um, it, it takes an army. It takes so many people to go into a school and say, we're here to help. We're here to listen. We're here, we're here to make sure that you're not only learning in a classroom, but also thriving and that you feel safe physically and safe emotionally. Um, I just encourage any adult out there who has that point of view on Gen Z or this mm. generation to really kind of reframe the way that you view these kids and, and understand what, what they're going through on a day-to-day -day basis. Is so much. And yeah. we're so proud of the Safe School Institute for doing the work that it does. Um, it continues to grow. It continues to show up. We're, we're focused on there's hyper focused on school safety 365 days out of the year so even in summer they're working with kids in camp um, while they're revamping all the curriculum for the following um, August or September school start uh, we're excited to see the growth you know we now have people on the east coast and west coast asking for programming in terms of virtual training we've seen it go through Europe uh, Canada and across the country coast to coast um, 
We thank the supporters, the donors. We have many Houston donors who have made this program what it is. And obviously thank you guys for your endless time and talents and dedication. Um, anything else that you think we want to talk about on the yeah, Safe School Institute? There's just one one thing I, I wanted to make sure that we touch on, and this kind of goes di- directly back to where we started when it comes to school shootings. Um, parents, if you're feeling a little bit helpless and you're feeling like, what can I do right now to help my child? I think it goes back to asking questions and not necessarily holding your school accountable, but just being curious as to what the school is doing. So talk to your school about the type of preventative education um, that they are offering to students. What is their anonymous reporting tool that they are utilizing? Are they holding active shooter drills um, for these kids? As much as we don't want kids to have to do active shooter drills, they have to. Um, Crime Stoppers, we offer active shooter education for students, for adult populations. It's a completely free of charge presentation. We've partnered with JetBlue in order to facilitate it. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us or push your school to reach out to us. Um, And then kind of on a larger scale, and I don't necessarily have to get into what all of this means, but ask your school if they have a threat assessment team. Mm -hmm. Ask your school if they have a reunification process. How many times a year do they practice reunification in case there needs to be a controlled release? Um, Reunification means uniting back with your children. So explain it a little bit. Correct. Reunification is is basically a controlled release. Um, It is in in light of a tragedy occurring, or even um, it could be the entire power in the building Mm -hmm. goes out and every child has to exit their classroom and go to a certain space to then be released to the parent. That is a reunification process. Mm -hmm. And prior, I mean, like 10, 15 years ago, there wasn't reunification at all. And when these tragedies would occur, kids would just scatter. scatter. And parents had absolutely no idea where their kids were for hours, for hours, for hours. So um, the Texas School Safety Center actually uses the I Love You Guys Mm -hmm. reunification plan. Um, They kind of use that as their standard model. There's there's fabulous reunification plans available. There's many organizations that have kind of um, have a a footprint that districts can use. But um, school districts need to be practicing reunification multiple times a year Mm -hmm. and having the kids do a controlled release and go to their assigned spot and practice being then released to the parent. I think parents think it's overwhelming for kids or it instills fears in kids. I actually think the quite opposite. Yes, I think it instills empowers. empowerment. I exactly. totally agree. Like, okay, now I know what yes, to do. Yes. Um, so definitely ask about reunification. I would also encourage you to ask if your school is being audited for safety and security. So the Texas School Safety Center can audit your campus and check exterior locks, interior locks. Um, they have this whole checklist of what they look for to make sure that a random person off the side of the street cannot just enter the building whenever they can. Um, and and just ask questions, be curious. I know it seems scary and you don't wanna be that parent that you know causes a problem, but sometimes you'll, you'll find out it just takes a little nudge to to push a school to to check those things off this really important checklist. And I think this is one topic where everybody's thinking it and some people are afraid to address it. Be the one parent because it's like everybody's going to thank you for it. And um <clears throat> Jenna, I love the the list you just gave. 
Again, for more information, go to crime-stoppers.org. We offer all of this in our free programming. Um, and again, programming can be catered sort of to what the needs are of the community, the school community. Uh, we thank you for the work you do thank endlessly. You. We've been in the school since 1997. Mm -hmm. We've been primarily middle school and high school. And then after 2013, we expanded to elementary schools. And we've seen this conversation about school safety change. We've also had many conversations with parents where it's changed. But I have to say now, sitting here mm -hmm. in 2023, mm -hmm. there isn't a parent that we talk to that is like, no, 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 no. Actually, I don't want my child to hear about, um, you know, uh, grooming. I don't want them to know about mm -hmm. it. And I, I actually don't want them to have the education on, uh, you know, terroristic threats in school. No, mm -hmm. no, I don't want them to have in, an idea about what teen dating violence looks like. That was the case, by the way. It was. Years ago. It literally was the case years well, ago. Well, I think the case was they didn't want, the parents didn't want the schools educating our kids about sex. Right? That's what, so that's why they basically did, they didn't want the educators. Yeah, but sex education is so much different than so like much different. grooming and That's right. online That's right. issues that every child's going to face. That's right. And so but I think that's why I think parents have to understand this is a completely different type of education. Think about when when we were in school, what was the what do you remember? I it's three words that we remember that our schools educated us about safety and it sticks with you forever. Stranger drink danger, but that's not stop, drop, and roll. Oh, stop, drop, oh, for a fire. Yes. Yeah. Stop, drop, yeah. and roll. Yeah. And I think that's what we're saying these days yeah. is teaching about grooming and online safety and what's happening and sexual exploitation and, and sextortion, mm -hmm. those things. That's literally almost as important, if not more relevant than stop, drop, and roll. It actually is more relevant because the stop, drop, and roll was in the rare case of a fire. Correct. The online grooming is literally a touch point, a potential touch point every day. and Every day, every minute, every hour. Yeah, and let's expand it. Yeah. Because it's not just grooming like in the traditional sense of human trafficking grooming, but it's it's touch points from people who, who wish harm. You mm -hmm. know, my middle child texted me yesterday during the day from mm -hmm. school and said, mommy, uh, my friend, let's call her Amy. Uh, I haven't talked to her since January, but Amy's texting me through one of the social media platforms and says, I need $50 right now. You have to send me $50. I'm in trouble. And I said to my middle daughter, I said, that's that's not Amy. Mm. That's not Amy. And, and let's talk about when I get home. But they're constantly getting things thrown at them. So somebody that's trying to get them to share bank account information or just get money from mm -hmm. them. Somebody that's trying to just get a picture from them, even an innocent picture from them that will be manipulated and used to exploit them. I, I did this the other day. I got a text. I got a little bit crazy, but I, I got a text that said, hi. Oh, you responded? And I said, hello. Mm -hmm. And they said, um, it, oh, sent me a picture of a, of a woman. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, Tony, you did my hair so well. Mm. And it's this girl. And I'm like, and her hair looks great, by the way. Yeah. And I'm like, um, I'm not Tony. Mm -hmm. And um, you're, you don't look, I'm pretty sure you're not the person in the picture. Yeah, the picture. So leave me the hell alone. And they were like, oh, you didn't have to be so rude. And then like still tried to yeah. continue a conversation. Like it's, they're trying to, oh, I accidentally texted you. Yes, but you know, middle school kids find that they funny to engage it. Totally. And so they would fall for it. Yes. Yeah. And even if they're not falling for it, they, they continue the conversation to the point that they're now engaged. Right. That's they're all they need. engaged. So yeah. The safe school program and, and and Jen, I'm so happy you you know pushed us to stop and revisit and share the depth of what the program does. 
but it's trying to fill the gaps and create a solution for every crime, trend, tip, trick, issue that our kids today are facing. Because we always say that I, and I am absolutely certain of this, mm. kids today are not being raised in a world that's even similar to the world that we were raised in. No. And the amount of things I, I actually was on a high school podcast not too long ago and the high school students were talking and I was really moved by what they said. They said, you know, we, we are thinking about, um, active shooters at school. Mm -hmm. We are thinking about like online grooming because now they're older and they've heard about this for a long time. We're now worried about fentanyl poisoning. Mm -hmm. Like somebody offers us a mint and we're like, have to second guess it. We're mm -hmm. worried about our drinks being laced at parties. Mm -hmm. um, you know, now they're like, we kind of get nervous getting in an Uber. Like their world is so different. So different. I told you, you know that I've lost two family members um to to drugs recently and so th this is what and this is what is stop drop and roll yesterday's stop drop and roll today is animal safety mental health cyber safety bullying substance prevention child abuse how to report mm. I, along with active shooter i mean That's you look at the programming that those are all the programs that we have yes. and teen dating and vaping and and I think it's just and that's really, just for the kids. That's just for the kids, and we've got a the other, whole other curriculum that's for right. parents and educators. That. Gaming safety, which is different than teaching these kids how to be online. Mm -hmm. Parents need to know, and educators need to know differently. It, different pieces of information. Um, again, recognizing reporting suspected child abuse, neglect, and human trafficking. So, it it really is a vast amount of information we have, and they can use them in you. It's going to be hard for a school to teach all of this, but I think you have to start and at different grade levels, take a bit of each piece and do it. And so we I just really want everybody on. to know about it. Thank you, Jen. So no, we you. shared um, an in-depth conversation with uh, Jenna Bondren, um, and we're gonna ask you to share the information with friends, with people you know in schools, with uh, district leaders. Uh, legislation has changed in Texas. A lot of this stuff is mandated now. So schools are looking for a way to meaningfully check the box and meet those mandates. And so we can do that and it's always free. We are in classrooms, we have digital assets, we have collateral um, and our Safe Community Institute will come in to speak to parents, the Safe School Institute's gonna speak to the children. Uh, we have a multifaceted approach. And mm -hmm. so we ask that you share this information, uh, whether or not you're sure it's needed, just share it because I promise you, it will protect our children. And encourage others because the bill that we have, remember, is an opt-in. That's So I that's that really hard, me. right? Because so we have to, we need your help in encouraging other parents and the community to opt into that program, whether it's our program with, with and our safe schools is in there or whether it's something the district is doing, please encourage other families to opt in so that the children can be educated. Yes, well, take care, everybody. Thank, Thank you for you. tuning in. Share the podcast. Uh, rate the five stars. Is that still a thing? Subscribe um, and get other people to join in the conversation. We thank you so much and we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to today's Balanced Conversation. You can find real solutions and tangible resources in our show notes at thebalancevoicepodcast.com. To join the conversation, follow us on Instagram at thebalancevoicepodcast.com and on Twitter at balancedvoice underscore. Stay up to date on Renya's work by following her at The Renya Report. And we can't wait to see you next week for another Balanced Conversation.